Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. Hey, before we get started uh, with today's podcast, I'll introduce the guests in a second. Um, we have our sponsor, who is the Music Academy of Acadiana. I want to make sure that we... Uh, let you know about those guys. If you're looking to get into music, whether that be music creation uh, through audio production, or if you want to just learn how to play the flute or the drums or the saxophone, you know, I I make the joke, you want to be like a Kenny G. um, But if you want to be like an Elton John, you can learn piano, all that good stuff. Uh, The Music Academy of Acadiana, they do that. Um, They teach students of all ages, styles. They've sent students to college. They've even sent people to compete in major music competitions, and they've premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. Um, They were founded by Tim Benson, who is a graduate at University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Um, The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the best music school by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won several National Music uh, School of the Year awards, uh, especially one in 2014. Uh, ultimately, their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians, uh, creative thinkers, all that jazz. Uh, you can find them out in the following links. They have the Music Academy, Acadiana.com, which if you're watching, you can see that on your screen. Or you can go to their Facebook, their YouTube channel, Instagram, uh, probably LinkedIn. Uh, if, if not, TikTok already. Who knows what they have. But um, check them out. They're great. They, they, it's a great school. They're located off of Ambassador, uh, I think, next to Sam's. And the, the whole saying between Sam's and Walmart, you know, you know where that's at. Anyway, thanks to Tim Benson for sponsoring the podcast, and we look forward to continuing it. Nice. All right. So today we have Ronnie George, right? Yep. Ronnie George. No special <laughs> way to say it, just straight. Not Rooney, not, nothing like that. No, Ronnie no, George. Rooney. I think I've been called that before, but yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. So, Ronnie, um, today we have you. So, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Oh, good one. Um, so, I am the broker and owner of an independent real estate brokerage called the George Group. I'm assuming you know where I got the name from. I have no clue. Um, it's just a coin flip. I just was like, this sounds good. So yeah, let's George roll with sounds it. like a strong uh, yeah. title. Yeah, 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 let's go with it. Uh, so I started a real estate brokerage, I think it was back in 2017. I've been a real estate agent for about 14 years. And um, I kicked that off in Alexandria. And we've done really well over the past couple of years. We have about 20 agents in Alexandria. And my wife and I decided to start expanding to other areas, so we moved to Lafayette about two years ago. Okay. So we've been driving back and forth um, <laughs> from Alexandria to Lafayette. So that's why we live in Karen Crow. So it's like a straight shot, you know. Yeah, right off by forty nine. You know, forty nine. You know, it's just boring. Set the cruise, and you just keep on going. So it's not bad. Um, so we've been living here. Uh, we've to get kind of familiar with the area, fill it out, you know, get some connections and kind of get things going. And now we're actually starting a second location, uh, in Lafayette and starting to bring real estate agents on. So that's kind of the, uh, the purpose of connecting with you. Cause I know that you're the guy 
who knows all the people here and I love the content that you put out and I just wanted to actually start get things going and really start to try and push the Lafayette market. Okay, so, so that's kind of a long intro, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so originally from Alexandria, yeah. what's interesting is uh, I grew up about thirty minutes south of Alexandria, and Alexandria, like Hill or? Uh, a little bit farther, Turkey Creek area. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's a you nice know, area. It, well, it's woods. It's nice. It's, <laughs> it's peaceful. It's very. Yeah. Uh, well, you say peaceful. It's peaceful. <laughs> Uh, face value. Oh, okay. Um, okay. There's some drama up in Turkey Creek. Oh, but, you uh, know, there's drama. Everywhere. They've been they've been on the news. Look, my hometown's been on the news several times since I've moved here, uh-huh. and I've been here for ten years. Right. Um, so you just shake your head every time. I I, I, sh- I have to shake my head. Like, Sometimes ah. I'm like, dude, like Turkey Creek is not that big, yeah. and most of the time, yeah. it's been family members that have been on the news. I'm like, oh yeah, like cover my You're face. Like I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, going back to that, the connection with Alexandria is Alexandria used to be, for us growing up, like the main kind of place where we would go it to town. Just, let's go to town. Like, yeah, we would go to, go to town. Same. Like, yeah. you know, it's 30, 35 minutes away, you know, depending on what route you took. Um, whether you took the interstate, once you got through the little highway up to the interstate, or you yeah. kept going and you went to through LeCount. Yeah. Uh, not LeCompte. I don't think it's I call LeCompte. It Le, I call it LeCount, so I don't know. No, it's, it's LeCount. Okay. It's weird. People say LeCompte. I'm like, no, it's LeCount. Uh, yeah. But it's not spelled. That. Anyway, yeah. it's weird. They have a, a pie shop there. Lee's. Yeah. Popular. Yeah. But anyway, we would sometimes drive through that. Anyway, uh, Alexandria was always just like, yeah, okay, it's cool. You know, we'd go eat at the, the many chains that they had there. But yeah. uh, to, to have anything like local there, I didn't, I didn't know like local flair of alexandria yeah alexandria is pretty chained out yeah there's there's actually a few places now and when did you move out of there so i mean i'm i've been here since 2010 so So, okay so that was a pretty 10 years ago kind of reference and you're right there are a few struggling businesses that eventually kind of fall out a lot of chain restaurants but there's some really good ones that have kind of fought and made it through so that's what they're kind of like a dying breed that they're still just you know (laughs) trying to hold on yeah so yeah, it's interesting. It, it is interesting. And Alexandria, it, it, it's a big area. Yeah. But it still feels like a small town. Absolutely. And Lafayette still feels like a small town, too. But our area is not that big. We have right. a smaller... It's very dense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit more... It, like, for us growing up, whenever we wanted to go take a big trip out, like a big shopping trip, a big day out, we'd come to Lafayette. Come to Lafayette, yeah. It was an hour away... And we would make a day out of it. It's yeah. not like, oh. Because there was everything there. Right. Well, yeah, everything here. You know what was everything to us going to Lafayette? The mall. The mall, Best Buy, yep. and Olive Garden. That was it. That's right. Yeah. That was the big trips <laughs> to Lafayette. I didn't, like, before I moved here. So you would just basically hit Johnson and you'd be like, I'm good. Johnson and Ambassador. And that little back. area. Yeah. Before South Lafayette got really, really big. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, we never went any further than south of Johnston because mm-hmm. my parents, because they were driving, I wasn't able to drive. Yeah. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know other restaurants. Like, being in the country, advertisements that we would see were yeah. bigger chains, usually. Right. Olive Garden probably. Olive Garden was a big one. I want them breadsticks. Yeah, yeah. Even Red Robin. We didn't have a Red Robin anywhere in the inner area. Even Lafayette uh-huh. didn't have one, but there was Red Robin ads. Yeah. Uh, and then we got one, and now it's closed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, coming from, you coming from Alexandria, it's interesting. I want to know why 
Why Lafayette? You're coming from Alexandria. You have 20 agents there, you say. Uh-huh. What's fascinating to you about Lafayette? Why did you pick Lafayette versus uh-huh. Lake Charles or Baton Rouge or even go further up north, you know, the three yeah. hours it takes to get to somewhere civilized yeah. to, to the Shreveport? Yeah. You just insulted everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's nobody there. There's they're probably, they're probably not even watching. They're like, no. we don't care about Lafayette. No, they're it's not watching. There. If they um, are, I'm sorry. So to answer your question, I think we actually touched on it a lot of it when you were describing the density and the vastness of Alexandria in comparison to Lafayette. Um, Lafayette really seems like one of the best cities in Louisiana, in my opinion. Like, it's just, it's got everything you need. It's not too wide, so you can get to things very quickly. You have immediate access to everything that's good, and, you know, like, you can get to the coast. Like, I'm basically speaking to the choir in the sense that you know all the good things about it. And it was just me looking at other places to be like, where do I want to go? Because my option was literally, like you said, either Shreveport, Monroe, or Lafayette. Because I had my brokerage in Alexandria. I didn't want to get too far away. Right. So we went and we drove to um, Lake Charles, checked it out, went to Lafayette, checked it out, went to Baton Rouge, we checked it out. And we just arrived at Lafayette. It seems like Lake Charles was up and coming and we didn't really want to get there for it to eventually be where it needs to be within a few years. Lafayette seemed perfect. Baton Rouge seemed just very wide and spread out and I was like, ah, I don't know anything about it. So Lafayette it was. I mean, it was just perfect. So we popped our house on the market. We sold it quick. We found an apartment like a couple weeks later. We moved down on Robley. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, um, yeah, Robley. Yeah. Got familiar with the area, and then we moved into Coret Farms. And now we're actually, we're in your neck of the woods, we're buying a house now in Karen Crow. Okay. Um, on, how do you say this? Bo Basson? Is it Bo Basson or Bo Basson? I think it's Bo Basson. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone could comment on that. But we're buying a house there because it's in the country. Yeah. You know, we discovered that we don't really like the closeness of the zero lots. We like it because it's efficient, but we have a little one. He's getting bigger. He literally needs room to run and play. Right, so we're right. buying like an acre and a half at the end of like, you know, this beautiful little area over there on the, what is it? The east side of like I-49 and Karen Crow. Okay. Yeah. Like all this vastness. <clears throat> they actually have like rolling hills. I'm like, where are we in Louisiana yeah, yeah, right now? You got some higher land there. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like my wife spent, if she's watching this, she's going to mess with me. But I think we were driving to, uh, to New Orleans the other day and she spent probably about a good 30 minutes researching the exact height. So we are literally the highest point in like Lafayette Parish, like right there by where our land is. So she was like, oh, I can make it, make me a little sign, stick it in the yard, yeah. whatever you want to do. But the point was, it's high, it's elevated, it's nice, it's very scenic, and I'm just basically just sold on the area. So again, long-rounded answer of why we've <laughs> arrived here, and I think that we're comfortable here, so we have still quick access uh, to Alexandria. We'll eventually do a Excuse me. We'll eventually do other brokerages in other areas because I want it to be close proximity to where I can get somewhere within right. an hour, 45 minutes. But you're not you're not planning on uprooting out of Lafayette. Do you I think would, Lafayette's really going to be your reason. thing? I mean, I think it's like I feel comfortable here. Like I don't see that, you know, I'm lacking anything. I don't really see anything that I'm like, oh, I'd rather be in a bigger city because when you go there, it's just too much. This just feels right. So, I mean, that's why I'm good with it. 
Okay. So, okay. yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the um, the the hills. <laughs> you mentioned hills. So yeah. what's interesting is. Um, I don't do know why. Hill, do you have a hill store? No, I don't have a hills. <laughs> no, no hills have eyes type of thing yeah. or anything like that. But um, for the longest time, go passing through I forty nine to get mm-hmm. to Lafayette, you know, you'd see the signs for Grand Coteau, and I never thought about what the name meant. Uh-huh. I just said Grand Coteau. Yeah, you know, whatever. I, just, just not that long ago, I realized it stands for Big Hill. Really. Yeah. Grand Coteau. Where's that? Where do you see the sign at? Uh, off of I-49. So Grand Coteau exit, uh-huh. uh, where Sunset is, you can get to Grand Coteau there. Okay. Uh, and that's just a few exits up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And so Grand Coteau stands for Big Hill. It's one of the highest points of elevation in the, the region. Nice. Because the name. Yeah. Grand Coteau. And I think it's, uh, I think it goes back to like, the name goes back to like, uh, maybe like I could be wrong. I'm probably am wrong. I'm wrong on a lot of things, but maybe like towards the uh, the Native American type, when the we had some tribes here, I uh-huh. think where they settled or where they were. I think that's where the name comes from. I don't know because I know there's a name called Koto, which means knife. Uh, but big Grand, knife. It could be big knife. But it's not big knife. If you look at the name, if you look at the spelling, Grand Koto is. Big hill, right, right, right. My it, was, it's more fitting, like you said, yeah, high elevation. Yeah. And so that's why I think where you're, where you're living, you're probably closer to that region where the hills are starting to get a little bit more higher yeah. up in elevation. Yeah. Uh, as far as Lafayette Parish goes itself, or maybe the city. Let's. I think it's the city limits. The highest point in elevation in the city limits of Lafayette is at Monkus Park, right. a man-made hill. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, has, nice. it has to be a man-made that's hill. Funny. Uh, but they they made a big hill. Uh, a, a grand coteau, if, yeah. you, get, if you want there to call you go. it. There you go, yeah. And, a um, mini coteau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they have, it's, uh, they call it the uh, observation hills, or, or prospect mounds, or something like that. Anyway, uh, that's the highest point in Lafayette. Nice. Yeah. But um, Speaking of Monkers Park, when are they opening that dude, place? Dude, uh, apparently a bunch of articles came out where the, the, the opening date's now moved to 2021. Of course it is. Yeah, I mean they're they've been under construction for under construction for a while. Right. Um, they finished phase one. Uh, phase one essentially is basically clearing the land, uh, putting the lake in, the pond, the man-made uh-huh. pond, uh, clearing out um, invasive trees. There were like very few trees that they cleared out, but the trees that they did clear out uh, were invasive. I forget what the names were, but they didn't remove any of the, the oak trees or anything like that yeah, because. Yeah. You would have people good come stuff. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want to keep the oak trees so nice right. and big. Um, but the, basically, just getting the the land established, putting in the parking lot, uh, and then the the entrance. I think that was all established. I think phase two is going to include the amphitheater. Oh, so they uh, hadn't yeah, done phase no, two they yet. They have not done that. They're so starting. So are they going to do that before they open? That's what they're. That's the goal. Oh, that's why they're okay. not open. So it's now. just been like delayed. Yeah. That's a valid excuse. I'll give them. Well, that. I mean, it's also public. Uh, not publicly funded. It's privately funded. Right. Through you know obviously private right. means, and so I guess they didn't have the funding they needed. I guess to put everything in phase one, uh-huh. and so now that there's more funding that they have gained, and then phase two is going to encompass all the other things that were mentioned like there's like a, a veterans memorial that they're going to put in uh-huh. uh the amphitheater um i think they were going to put like a a i don't know if this is still on the plans but like a putt thing and uh, a carousel like a cajun carousel nice. and they yeah. need to do all that before it even opens um I, I don't know exactly what they have planned 
for sure in phase yeah. two is like is what all they want to get completed. But I know the amphitheater is one of them that I was told that they need. Yeah. Okay. See, and I thought it was just this sadistic way of being like, we're just teasing you with this beautiful park. But it seems like there's a legitimate reason. Yeah, no, there okay. is a legitimate okay. reason. And what's, what's, what's crazy is uh, I did a lot of their um, flyovers with drones to yeah. kind of watch it. And um, there's people that were that were sneaking in. Oh, I bet. To get it to walk and to ride their bike. And I was actually on the property. I, I was on top of the hill. And I would see coat. people walking around. <laughs> I mean, I was allowed to be there. I was hired by that. But I was looking at all the people just kind of, I'm like, they're not allowed to be here. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't say anything. I just flew, flew my drone. That's and did funny. But uh, they have security out there. So they're trying to limit, because it's still an active construction site. Uh, okay. So there's a liability, liability issue. Liability insurance, yeah. But uh, uh, so enough don't, about... So if y'all watching, don't sneak on the park. Yeah, don't sneak it's on Monkus Park. It's not advised. If you, if you do go, <laughs> uh, just beware that if you are on the property, um, you're technically on construction property land. Yeah. And something happens to you, they can't help yeah. you. Just look at it from afar. Yeah, or if you got a drone, fly around. And you can't even don't even fly your drone. Never don't mind. fly don't your do drone. That either. Don't do that either. Yeah, uh, you got to be careful. Monkus Park—they're protecting it. And uh, look, it's a beautiful park. When you're, I whenever I stood underneath one of the oak trees, mm-hmm. underneath the shade because it was hot, and I was looking out towards the lake and the the, the hills, it felt so different. I didn't yeah. feel like I was in Lafayette. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is nice. This yeah. is a good thing. And uh, a lot of people are like, oh, they should have just left it the way it was. I'm like, oh, it, it, it stayed the way it was, but with some enhancements. It yeah. did, they didn't change it fully. Yeah, it's more but, aesthetically appealing now. Yeah, yeah. They and, carved it out. Yeah. But, you know, there's no bathrooms there. So, like, if you're someone who's handicapped and, you, you know, that you want to go That is going to be trigger. Are they eventually going to do that? I think they may. Okay. I think they may. You know, they, I know it's they like want to do it. they going to have to because they can't really have events and they'll have to bring porta potties in and things yeah, like that. Yeah. That may be on the list. Uh, yeah. I know right now, though, it's literally just an open yeah. like, piece of land with some sidewalks huh. and all that and a lake um, and a boardwalk, and it's very nice. So and, make sure you use the bathroom before you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get get your pee break in yeah. before you go because uh, it is a pretty big it property. Is advised, yeah. And uh, if you got to pee, you mean, don't pee in the woods. It's like there. it's like the central park of Lafayette. Yeah. Actually, in the, in the beginning, I think they that was one of the – toss-up names if they didn't get like a sponsor it was going to be lafayette central park and i think the facebook was that uh because it's more centrally located in the, the yeah. city yeah and, and the size and scale of it. Yeah. yeah and it's 100 acres of property that was untouched yeah uh so a lot of people don't realize that <laughs> i don't know how this got to among us park talk but we get we get some time uh, a lot of people don't realize that if Monkus park wasn't going to go into the direction that it is now that uh-huh. it was going to be a commercial development, whether it be apartments or another shopping strip. We don't yeah. need another shopping strip. We right. have plenty. Yeah, Some of them are unfilled. They've been unfilled since they were built. Yeah. So if this would not happen, we would not like the alternative more. Yeah. It would just be... Cons- cons- just more, more construction. Yeah. I think that the park itself provided more benefits mm-hmm. simply because one, it appreciated property value to the immediate place. Around oh yeah, I it. wish I had a. I wish I would have had a house. Yeah. next door. Exactly. So I mean, and then the green space is like yeah. needed. You can't just have all concrete and glass. It's like you need a place to go to be able to relax and unwind. Just like you said, you sit back and then you look out. And it's like wow, you got to be one with nature. You know, yeah. you you got to let it. You know, 
enter you essentially instead of just going and then working and going and working and going home it's like it's good to get back out and relax yeah it's yeah. a nice it's a nice spot i think once it does officially open um it is going to be highly appreciated yeah. they uh you have your hammockers uh -huh. who like to when before the park was uh being under construction they would go hang their hammocks out there's still places many places to hang a hammock to hang yeah. out and read a book to sleep whatever you want to do yeah uh, it's going to be a great park. I'm excited about it. But yeah, 2021. Everything everything at this everything point. Everything is just, uh, just next. This year. whole year has yeah. been like, okay, let's, uh, let's oh, no, skip. Been, wait, what's been going on? I mean, I, oh, I don't know God. what you're talking about. It's been a perfectly normal year. What? Uh, yeah, I guess in theory. No. <laughs> Dude, it's been a roller coaster. It is. It has been. And it's been weird to watch how businesses have been interacting, interacting, reacting to the pandemic and all that good stuff. I mean, some people that are closing that I never would have thought closed. Uh -huh. I'm like, dude, they, they were like a top of the line business whenever everything was going well. Yeah. And then COVID hits and they're like, Meh. yeah, just, that's what's scary about business, man. It's like you can forecast and project and then you just get this curveball out of nowhere and you're like, what in the world? Next thing you know, you're just, you're hit. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's insane. So, so kind of going along with those, that line of COVID. So what are you seeing as a real estate broker in the market? Like are home sales up and if they are up, why? And if they're down, why? Like, what are you seeing? So it's almost, I guess it's kind of odd because our industry surprisingly has done really well um, for a number of reasons. And I can kind of elaborate on that. But home sales are definitely up. Inventory is ridiculously low because when you go back to the beginning of the pandemic, everybody that was essentially listing, so it was kind of slow. Yeah. So you didn't really have a lot of people putting their houses on the market, you know, February, March, all that. Most people start listing in, you know, April, May, June. Uh, so what happened is all those people that got locked down, they either one pulled their existing house off the market. They didn't want to do any showings. So that deterred a lot of people. Two, People that were selling weren't putting their houses on the market that would have. So you had this buildup of inventory that was just waiting and waiting. And then the market was slowly like less and less because people were still buying, right? Then they dropped the interest rates down to a ridiculously low amount. They're in the, like the high twos now. Wow. Yeah. We're, the house we're buying like next week, 2.875%. Good grief. I was like, we have to buy a house just because five, six, seven years from now, we're going to be kicking ourselves in the butt and be like, why did we not buy this? Yeah. Because I, I'll get back to this too. It, let's just say purchase price is like 350 And you know, after 30 years, most of the time they look and be like, here's how much you're going to end up paying by the end of your 30 years. And most of the time it's like double or triple the amount. That would normally be like $700,000. Be like, we'll never make this. Ours is only going to be like four fifty because we're putting money down. So after 30 years, we would have paid in about what it's going to appreciate to and we're going to renovate it. So it's like, wow, we're actually going to have a solid investment. So that's just kind of a pitch for real estate. It's like it's actually a good time to buy because within 30 years, you're going to be able to get your money back out of what you put in instead of just giving it to a bank and never seeing any of that money. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So going back on there, so we ended up buying. Um, 
so all these buyers had the same you know mindset they're like we're gonna buy now so the people that were waiting to buy decided to buy they scooped up all the inventory I'm sure if you had any real estate agent friends in June and July and August they were like oh my god the market's hot I haven't had a day off and you know like (laughs) bragging like crazy like oh it's so busy and they're closing deals like crazy but I'm like you know this is going to end like because they sold off all their listings mm-hmm. all their buyers bought now people are like oh wait we don't have any business now <laughs> because it made the people that would be buying now buy sooner it made all the people that were waiting then buy so they had this influx of you know of like people buying it was insane so we literally had like the best months of the brokerage just within the past couple months, like just crazy. And it's slowly tapering off because there's no inventory. I don't know how it is in Lafayette per se, because like I said, this is in Alexandria and then, you know, Lafayette has more inventory. So it's probably staying, you know, moving along. But a lot of inventory is exhausted. A lot of those buyers would have bought. So it's going to be a little slump. But if they hold the rates like they say they're going to do, and people actually feel comfortable of listing, I think it's just gonna be strong and steady growth. You know, so if that's a long-tailed answer <laughs> to what I think of what's happened with the industry. So it's it's been very fortunate yeah. for real estate agents and real estate companies uh, that are tech savvy um, and that are, are really just in real estate in general because it's just, it was it created this perfect storm of opportunity for people to actually buy get a good deal in real estate agents, you know, we're able to, to make it through this. You know, it's funny, you mentioned um, you probably have real estate friends. I have a bunch of real estate friends and a lot of friends who are becoming real estate agents. Yeah. I'm like, dude, they've become, I have had so many friends become real estate agents over the 10 years. I'm like, how many real estate agents are out there? Like, dude, there, there can't be In Lafayette, that. you could reach out and be like, oh, I know someone. It's yeah. like everybody's a real estate agent here. But you're right. Whenever, uh, between the summer, um, Several real estate agent friends were like, "Yeah, the market's hot." Yeah, I mean, it's like they were having a closing every other day. Yeah, and you know, yeah. some of them, uh, I won't name names, but they have shoes, special shoes that they yeah. wear. Yeah, whenever it's closing day, or a special yeah. suit. Yeah, or a, you know, a piece of clothing that like signifies oh, closing days. It's a, it's an exciting yeah. time, I'm sure, for uh, an agent. Um, but that's good though, because. That made you think of it because yeah. that's their branding ploy yeah. so yeah. that you know that they were at least being successful. So, yeah, it could be like kind of annoying, but also it's that tip of the hat of like, oh, yeah. it's top of mind. It definitely wasn't annoying for me. Right. It just It's interesting to, to see like you you saying the market's hot and, and they were kind of low-key bragging without trying to brag hard. You know? Humble bragging yeah, hard. Humble, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's so – all these contracts I'm writing. Oh, my gosh. This oh, so, another one? Such oh. a hard day. <laughs> but, you know, I'm blessed. Anyway, uh, you know, and I, I love that for them. I, it, it got to the point where I was like, should I be a real estate agent? Right. <laughs> like freaking – Get your like, license, you, No, God, I can't. Uh, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. That's not a good sign. Everybody's That's true. Doing it. Oversaturation. Yeah. Oversight. Look, uh, a couple of years, I say a couple of years, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, graphic designers were the hottest thing. Like everybody wanted to be a graphic designer. Uh-huh. And I was a graphic designer too. And I'm like, we don't need all of these graphic designers because now right. I was trying to figure out a way to distinguish myself from. Blow Joe, who just got a, yep. a computer. Competition just got I'm like, hot. come on, like I'm working my butt off here. I'm 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 not like technically trained, but I, I've I've been apprenticed and all that good stuff. Yeah. 
I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then I got these guys who are going to Vistaprint. I'm like, God damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, oversaturation, yeah, with the, the whole thing. But anyway, I'm glad for them. I'm glad the market is doing good. I don't know if it's still in that same kind of like fiery situation here. Mm. Um, you don't see it on Facebook as much. That's no, I haven't. They're back to it. work. They all went on vacations because they needed a break. Yeah, yeah. And now they're back ready to go because they're like, oh, crap, I need to work. I need to get listings. Now people aren't wanting to sell because they weren't needing to sell. So now it's like it's that roller coaster. You know, everybody's up, but nobody's filling their pipeline because they're so busy closing deals. So now it's going to hurt some of those people, you know, unless they have cash reserves, which they made. But that's where, like any business, it's like you always have to be consistently building your business because if not, it's going to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Being a real estate agent. What's the hardest thing about being a real estate agent? Just uh, off the top of your head. There's a number of things, but number one, it's your mental capacity and your ability to believe in yourself that you can get business and that's what I find is the number one thing that holds a lot of people back they either one don't think they're good enough as a real estate agent two they don't like to bother people because they don't want to ask for business and then they keep they just stay in that loop of just like who am I to be able to sell this house or oh I'm not good enough with something like that so they literally are they mentally hold themselves back so you think that there's a little bit of um, what is that? There's a there's a a thought process, uh, so, the the fraud. It's like where you feel imposter like syndrome. imposter syndrome. Yes, I was trying to get it, but where you feel almost like you're frauding somebody, but you're not, not really, because imposter syndrome is more along the sense of feeling like someone's going to catch you because you're successful, and you feel like you yeah. shouldn't be successful. Yeah. So they never even get to have imposter syndrome. Uh, it's more of a just not feeling that they're good enough or they just get stuck in busy work and never actually do productive work that gets results. And people stay in their comfort zones way too much. And getting out of your comfort zone is knocking on a door and asking your for sale by owner, you know, conversation type questions and actually putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Everybody wants to be comfortable. No one wants to actually get out of that comfort zone. So I think that's a lot. It's of it. uncomfortable to get out of the comfort exactly, zone. Exactly. But that's where all the success yeah, is. Yeah. Success comes through suffering. And if you push through that suffering and you're always trying to avoid it, you'll never be successful because you'll just stay in that comfort zone. It's like a ceiling. But once you push through that, and if you successfully get through that because you've stayed and endured it long enough, it's like a whole nother level. It's like you've leveled up. And most people just keep getting knocked back down. It's easy to be average. It's hard to be above average. Yeah. It's hard to actually be good at what you do. And it takes effort. That's, a, that's with a lot of things, though. You can apply that with exactly. almost anything. But that, yeah, because I think it goes back to all our mental perspective mm -hmm. of success and worth and all that. So it's not just real estate. But it's just a common thread of like human behavior. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. About what's the What's the most common misconception about someone who is becoming a real estate agent? Like from that person or from an outsider looking in? I guess kind of both. You know, like uh, if I'm becoming a real estate yeah, agent. Yeah. Like what what's the most common think? misconception about being a real estate agent? Uh, that they think that they're just going to be able to have all this free time and all this money and all this success because that's what they see. But well, that's not that's what, what they want to emulate. It is. It is what happens if you work. It does not happen if you do not work. Okay. Because 
I think selling real estate is probably one of the single greatest reward rewarding careers that you can do because the amount of work and effort that you put into doing what you do, you get paid ridiculous amounts of money because in the end, all you're doing is helping people and solving problems. You're just helping them solve a problem that gets paid more. Like you, like it's a graphic designer, you solve problems, but they're not going to pay you thousands upon thousands unless it's a bigger job, but you have less people that are willing to do it. So it's just like you're probably doing a lot more business and it's consistent and it's growing. But with real estate, it's like you're making, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollar checks for one family. It's like insane. And you're literally just there like helping them, guiding them. So it's it's very rewarding. But the hardest thing with that, the biggest misconception is the fact that they think that comes easy because mm -hmm. it doesn't. Because you have to be constantly presenting yourself as the best option out there because with there are all the so other many people. Yes. Right. So you have to constantly be showing that you're the best without saying I'm the best. Because then if people see that, they're like, Ugh, I don't want to work with that person. So it's this weird, delicate balance of how do you put yourself out there to let people feel that you're the best without saying it? Um, I, I, and I, I feel that. So my next question is when you're trying to present yourself as the best and mm -hmm. you, know, you want to show people that you can sell and you're, you're professional and you know, they should use you. Right. When it comes to men versus women uh -huh. in the real estate market, is there a clear uh, side that gets better results? I think it's kind of skewed towards women because I think there's more women in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact percentage. I know it used to be, but it could have, it might be balanced. I'm not really sure. Um, but I don't know. That's kind of, I don't have an immediate yes or no answer. Because I feel like I see, I do see a lot of women being yes. re, being real estate agents. Yes. Um, and the women that I do see being uh -huh. real estate agents are usually in my feeds more often. Like, yeah, talking about they've reached their cap and now yeah. they got full commission. I'm like, yeah. Dude, these people are hitting it, and it's usually this. There's one particular woman who's killing it here. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to say her name because I don't want her I to bet kill I can it guess more. Who it is. You think you can guess who it yeah. is? Who? I, know, I know a lot of the people. You're who probably you talking about a male. God, yes. <laughs> so, how crazy is that? Dude, her tagline. God, I'm giving her so much like exposure right now. She but deserves her, it because yeah. success gets more success. Her tagline is a male can sell. Mm -hmm. That's genius. Yeah. Like it rhymes. It's three words. It's like, yeah. it just worked out. Yeah. And it also helps that she's got this British accent. Like you knew she was British, right? Uh-huh. Dude. It, it just works. Like when she describes it the house. Like you got a crush on a man. I don't, I don't have a crush on her. I just got think, a professional I just admiration. think it's amazing that, you know, she's killing it like she yeah. is. And, and it, just hearing her talk about a house, mm -hmm. that the, the accent, that, I don't know. It just, a British accent in general just sounds different. It exudes confidence. Yes. Because, yes. all right, so let's use that as like a case study, essentially. 
uh, and she's a beacon because I think she's only been in the industry a couple years. She's you know high in luxury. She does really well, but I think the way that she presents herself is correct because she presents herself like if someone went to them, they would probably feel like they would be well taken care of. They would not have to question a thing. She's not like doing selfies and doing all these crazy kid things. Like she's presenting herself as a professional. And I think that's the difference because the people that present themselves as a professional, when people think that they want someone to execute what it is they need to do, selling their house, buying a house, they're going to go to someone that has enough confidence and the know with or the, what is it, wherewithal yeah. maybe, to actually get them the results they want. And that's just a prime example of just consistently putting in work and putting in work and it just builds momentum. Yeah. So I think she's a perfect example in the area. There's a number of other people they that are, are doing yeah, are. well too, but yeah, I completely <clears throat> but agree. But she's, I think, and I didn't even have to tell you who yeah. she was. Because I pay attention to who's yes. doing good yes. here. Yes. And I see what they're doing and I see what they're not doing. And I know that I could just tell like someone that stood out, it was just like that was just the one that would stand out. Okay, now flipping on the guy side, because I, yeah. I gotta get one for the boys here. Yeah. Which guy real estate agent is performing well? I don't have a a obvious one for myself, uh-huh. but who would you say uh, as a guy? It's not as a standout. I would st- go back to same with District South again. Headage is still up there with just consistent numbers. You, his branding is not necessarily on as much because he's probably so busy running mm-hmm. a company doing sales. So it's more of a numbers game, but I think he's established himself well. Um, there's a couple other people that I've seen that, that do well, but no one just seems to be like a absolute standout to me, but I mean, I could be wrong. I think Logan Bowers is great. Okay. Um, with your red shoes. Yeah. That's, Uh, that's who I was actually talking about. See, I know. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But see, that's the thing is I think it's the same concept. He's, he's very good at what he does. He's very professional. Uh, he presents himself well, and he just seems like he's very easy to speak to. So I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that up there, but no one that's just like killing it. And I could be wrong, yeah, you know. But that's just my. I think it's good that you mentioned Logan because in the back of my mind, that's the guy that I was thinking about. But I only know of Logan because I'm friends with them, and yeah. through my social circles, yeah, um, there are many out there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if there was somebody who I wasn't seeing. Yeah, um, but. I have a ton of real estate agents who follow just the pages because they share a lot of the stuff that I yeah because you put do out. good stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, but I feel like um, and I've talked to many of them. They share a, a lot of the articles because it helps them position themselves as knowing Being the market. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Logan's great. Amel, obviously, uh, it's hard to compete against the accent. I think we all have like the Cajun country accent. You could you could go that route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. she just. You know she's killing it. I'm 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 glad for her. But uh, being a real estate agent is no easy task, from what I've seen and heard. And for people to be able to excel at it is 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 very interesting. Yeah. And just like you said, the Cajun aspect uh, agent that actually had just joined us down here. He's a uh, the Cajun realtor Phil. So okay. there you go. Okay. So we might go that that Cajun route. And he's a great guy because. We're very like tech focused Mm -hmm. and I think that like I'm going to kind of be like his wingman in this area because I was, like I said, an agent for so long. Like I've done and tried just about everything these real estate agents can do and it's been very hard to transition from out of sales because I still do some 
to advising and helping others because I just want to get in there. I want to be the ones like, oh, it's like, because if I was down here as an agent, I would be going after a male. I would be going after Hedge. I'd be going after these people because I want to compete with the best. Yeah. And they're the best. And it's very tough. So I have to transition it to how can I help others to build them up to let's get you to that level and take their gifts and you know advise them consult them on here's what works here's try this try that let's try it together let's get them more business and i think that's kind of where my role as a broker steps in to help them and kind of grow so yeah it's not easy and i think that's it touches on the fact that there's so many brokerages out there that agents can work for and you see them hopping around left and right because they haven't found the right one so that's why I feel that we bring something different to the table because I'm not going to be a brokerage or a broker that's just going to sit back and be like, go out there and get it. I'm like, what do you need? How do you need me to help? Like in Alexandria, I take photos for my real estate agents. Like I'm constantly trying to push them. You need to advertise. You need to do this. Yeah. I want to do training. I want to help you as much as I can. And I think it's more tech savvy here. And that's why it's going to be more interesting. Um, to help these agents grow, to help push them, help sell their properties, help build them websites, you know, to push their developments and listings. So that's kind of my perspective with it because it is tough yeah. to be an agent. One of the things that I'm seeing uh, real estate agents take advantage of, and I'm going to plug my guys here, is um, photos and videos that are good, mm-hmm. not just Take them with your phone. Now, most phones can take really good photos. If you know how to work your camera, you can get a good photo. But when it comes to like solid, like wide angle push, who Parish picks? Yes, dude, you are on it. You, you, I know my they're so, good dudes. Yeah, so yeah, Parish picks. I met picks, with them the other day. They're very good at what they do. They, um, they do. Uh, they partner with us doing our profile videos every month. So like. We have two teams. We have one persona and then Parish Picks. We alternate them to do interviews of different business owners in town. And so they show, they've show they shown me, and I've had them on the podcast, uh, what they do with real estate videos and photos. And um, some of the things, and I'm, I'm a graphic designer. I, I've worked with Photoshop, and I know how to do the things that they're doing, but right. I never thought about doing the things that they're doing. Yeah. And a lot of it comes with research. But so, for example... Just throwing a quick example out there, they would they showed me a photo of a living room, mm-hmm. wide angle shot, great shot, and they said this. They showed me the initial image, like the unedited image. They say, "What's wrong with this?" I said, "I don't know. It looks fine. It looks yeah. great. I don't see an issue." He goes, "Can you see out of the windows?" Yeah. I said, "No, nope. no. It's it's just white." But he said, right. "But you can see everything else in the living room." I said, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, "Now look at this picture." He showed me it's the living room. That looks great, and then you can see out of the windows, like perfectly clear. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, in the original photo, was the fireplace lit? I said, no. He goes, right. look at this one. The fireplace had a beautiful fire in it. Yeah. And then they've even shown me like they've done like um, CG uh, computer generated like staging. Yeah. And it looked real. I'm like, this is so stupid good. Like I don't understand like. Yeah, I'm familiar with like uh, you know AR and all that good stuff, but this is so like lifelike. Yeah. I looked at the original image and I looked at this, and I'm like, I can't with my eye, and I can usually pick out defects. I can't find something wrong in this picture. Yeah, they've gotten a lot better over the years. The program, so it's like 
it's like holy crap yeah yeah, yeah. so uh it's funny that you you mentioned parish fix because you know where like i feel like you're you're looking at what i'm thinking about yeah. so <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, that's obviously great. Um, I've got a couple of comments. Uh, you may know them. I don't know. Sure. Um, uh, Patricia Price Jeffco. Yeah, that's my grandma. So uh, she, what did she say? She's probably like. She's probably like. She says such a right? smart broker, Ronnie George. <laughs> I knew because I mean, that, no, I don't know that woman. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, it's yes, very great. Kind of you. Uh, yeah, she has three exclamation points behind uh, of your course, name. Of course, she's very expressive. Yeah, you have to know. <laughs> and then uh, a Jacob. Uh, Gil. That's one of my agents. Okay. Uh, hashtag not your average realtor. That's what you put in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're at 45 minutes. I want to kind of come to a close. If there was anything in Lafayette that you feel Lafayette could do better, it doesn't have to be real estate related, just in general, because you you moved here two years ago. Yeah. What could Lafayette do better to keep and or to bring in more talented people such as yourself and anybody else that wants to potentially move here? Honestly, I think it's just um, keep doing what you're doing because you already have a good product. I think it's now it's more of amplifying the people that you get that message to. And it's just like anything because like if I knew, uh, let's just say for instance, if you were the greatest um, content creator the world has ever known, no one would know that unless you got it out there to those people. So the same thing, I think that Lafayette has so much to offer um, and its surrounding areas, like it just has so much to offer that the only thing that it could even do more is just let more people know about it. And by doing that, they're gonna come, they're gonna see, and they're gonna sell themselves on the product. Like, I think it ties into with real estate. Like if you go and you show someone a good house, you don't have to sell the house. The house sells itself. I just have to get you there. And you get them there by using people like Parish Picks who present it in the best way possible. So then that way it gets people to the house. You present it by using good marketing, good advertising, and you get people there. But once they're there, they're sold. Same concept with the city. So if you get more people to the city, they're gonna fall in love just like we have and just like other people have. And they're just gonna wanna live there because it's just like, why would you not? You don't have to sell someone or convince them on anything. Okay. That's my perspective. That's interesting. So you're not there to sell, you're just there to help them through the process. Exactly, like I'm there to get you, like on a buyer, I'm there to get you in the properties and I need to pay attention to what you like and what you don't like about the house because then I have to identify the visual representation of the house just like I'm picking from your brain. I have to pick it from theirs and be like, what is it they're looking for? And then I go and find it in the real world and then show it to them and they're like, this is it. And then that's when you've done your job because you found what they were looking for in their mind and you found it in reality and brought it to them and they buy it. When they say that this is the one, it's because they've already imagined the house that they're going to buy. You just find it for them. Okay. And with sellers, your job is to present it in the best way possible like a product so the people that come to see it have the, the most likely opportunity to connect with it. And that means decluttering, cleaning it, making it look the best way possible because it's no longer your house. It's a product you're selling. And if you do that, it's like that's all you have to do. And you just do it over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sim- simplified it. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, is there anything else that you want to uh, 
bring up or talk about before we close out? Yeah, I'd say the last thing is um, if you go to georgegroupcareers.com, that's my uh, real estate brokerage page in the sense that it's directly for agents, like my recruiting page. It's everything that we offer because I believe same concept of giving you everything, full transparency, all our commission splits, uh, testimonies from real estate agents, the training that we do, a lot of different like I can go on and on about it, but literally everything about if someone was considering us as a brokerage, I would just say, just go to georgegroupcareers.com. And it's like, you will find out everything and you can schedule an interview for through there, or connect with me live on Facebook. All the stuff is there. Okay. So that would probably be my only thing. So anybody that's considering, you know, changing brokerages or becoming real estate in Lafayette or Alexandria, you just go there because it covers it all. Sweet. Yeah. Well, uh, I do have one of your websites. It's uh, the RonnieGeorge.com. Yeah, website. that one's my personal one. That's yeah. your personal one. Yeah. Well, I'll throw it up there anyway, just yeah, uh, sure. if you want people to go. I got there. all kinds of websites, bro. You got, uh, yeah, look, <laughs> look, I got tons of domain names too. Yeah. Like, I, I got some hidden. I'm like, yeah, one yeah. day. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, Ronnie, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I enjoyed the talk. I think uh, you're very. Uh, quick on your feet and you're knowledgeable obviously I can tell that and uh, I look forward to seeing what you can do and hopefully uh, I see you as one of the top people floating around my my Facebook feed oh bro if if I'm gonna do it and now this is kind of the official push it's like that's the goal it's like I've committed to it and I think that within a few years we'll definitely be up there and we'll have some great agents by our side and we won't disappoint you oh sorry sweet All right. well uh that is it, Ronnie. I appreciate you coming on. Um, guys, if you want to take a, a, a listen to the podcast on your phone or in your car, you can go to the Apple Podcast app or you can go to Spotify or you can go to this app or that app. You know, all the different apps that podcasts are on. You can go check them out there. Um, and I think that is it, Ronnie. I appreciate you coming on. Likewise. Thanks for setting all this up for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Well, have a good Friday. All right. You as well, bro. For information on sponsoring the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette, go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click Advertise.